Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Hello, how are you? You're happy about English soccer. Have you gotten any gaming in in the last two weeks? Because we haven't spoken in two weeks. Or has it just been soccer? No, it has been two. You know, it's called football in the whole rest of the world, right? Right. Oh, and it absolutely makes far more sense. And the metric system also makes far more sense. But like we we still talk about weight in stone and distances in feet and inches, unless you're actually measuring something useful. And then you don't because... um, but for liquid, yeah, we talk about liters and milliliters, unless we're using filling up our car with petrol, then it's gallons. Uh, and all the distances on our road signs are in miles. So have you gotten any gaming in the last two weeks? Uh, again, still still no role playing. I think two weeks ago, I, I, my, my group has still not met since we, we've, we've met once since we finished Fallout. And that was what, months ago now, where we played like one little board game. Um, Scott was actually able to come over last week, but as usual, if it's just me and Scott, we, we sit and play computer games because the suddenly is that that's about the only time the two of us get to, it's just the two of us like, right. Two pads, fighting games, Mortal Kombat. Um, but I have played a lot, a lot more Marvel because I've been to three in only two weekends. I went to three separate events. So two weekends ago, I went to an event, lost all three of my games. So that was bad. Last weekend on the Saturday, I went to an event. Won one, lost four, so that was terrible. But then on the Sunday, I went to yet another event, and I won three games and lost one, and finished top ten. So that was actually, and that was out of like forty people. So that was uh, that was good. So I played an awful lot of Marvel miniatures, but yeah, just role players. And I, I think it's going to carry on like this. I've only got one more week. Then it'll be summer holidays, and we almost never seem to meet up to do like gaming in the evenings. So, yeah, at this rate, it's going to be September before I have anything other than I've played a bit of Marvel because just role-playing just doesn't seem to be happening for me at the moment. Well, you can just plan for it then. I, I was fortunate enough, I, I ran a two-session, and it was planned for two, maybe three. I guessed it was going to be two, and I was right. Uh, two-session, an old Star Frontiers module, the Mutiny on the Eleanor Morays. <laughs> I ran that using the 2 die 20 system, and... Uh, and that was fun. We had a good time. And then we all decided week before last that we were going to play Star Trek. So I actually have a Star Trek campaign in the offing here. This is amazing. I've wanted this for a couple of years. And now I finally have people who are like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. And none of them are super Trekkies. Uh, so I'm not going to get any arguments at the table about like the warp <laughs> intermix efficiency coefficient or some stuff like that, which I've had before. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So actually today, our discussion today about the command division book, I think is really is, is appropriate and immediately useful to me because I'm looking back at these books that I've had for the last few years and I've been reading on and off over the years with, it, it's just, they're a lot more relevant when you're saying, okay, I've, I got a campaign to plan here. Yeah. What you said you used 2d20 for Star Frontiers. What did you, which one did you base it off? Star Trek Adventures. Right. I, f- I figured okay. that running it with the discipline, the six disciplines instead of a list of skills and instead of things like a focus number, like in Conan or, or infinity, it was just easier. 
it was just a much easier way to say, okay, this is how the course, this is the core mechanic. This is how it works. Here are your stats. Um, everyone at the table is an experienced role player. So the idea of focuses being portable and, you know, plugging them in in different skill roles and then asking them to use values when they want to use determination, that was easy. I just didn't want to put in lists of skills and it did, I, I just didn't see a use for it. Yeah, I think when you're porting an existing system like that, you probably want to go with a more simple one because you don't have to worry about how it copies over. You can just go, okay, I can run it with that. Uh, because I would imagine that in the future, Homeworld, when it comes out, probably do, does a better job, but we don't know anything about that. So that's purely me guessing that based on the sort of the flight path their recent games since Star Trek, I can imagine, I'd be hoping Homeworld falls, yeah, somewhere Star Trek-y, but doing it in a different way, but... Well, the original, I don't know how familiar you are with the original Star Frontier system, but it had um, it had a very streamlined, very uh, simple skill system. It was a percentile-based system, and there were only, I think there were maybe 11 or 12 different skills uh, grouped into three general categories. So it, it wasn't really deep in detail, and, and you would end up using your stats for most of the most of the roles anyway. Um, but yeah, this, the, it, it worked out well. Um, there was some wilderness survival. There was some weird alien stuff. There was the crazy eco saboteur who was trying to take over their ship or had taken over their ship that they had to get back. And the, uh, their solutions were a combination of, you know, action, cleverness, and, um, and, you know, techno magic, which fit, the system version that Star Trek provides really well. So it was, it was good. It, it went well. And I believe a good time was had by all. Excellent. So let's talk about in our first episode in which we, we try to review something and offer some feedback on it. One of these, uh, these books, we're going to talk about Star Trek Adventures command division book, which was the first of the three division books that came out, came out a couple of years ago. But, uh, but I think it'll be useful to talk about this and talk about it in terms of not only just what's in it, but how does it, how does it take, again, the system and how does it mesh it with the setting to try to help people tell stories, either as GMs or as players, and how well, what does it do to do that and how well does it do that? Um, so a simple question. So what, so what, is, what is the book about? Okay, the book is... It's about the command division. So it's about those, if you watch Next Generation, it's about the characters with the red uh, uniform tops. All right. It used to be in the original series that the red shirts were um, operations and ship support, like engineers and um, security folks. And that's the joke that the red shirts always died. Before Next Generation, with the creation of Next Generation in 1987, they switched those two colors. And there's actually a, a... a rationale for it within Star Trek itself that states that, you know, there was a, um, a stigma attached to the red shirts. And so they wanted to change that stigma. So, yeah. So the command division book for the Star Trek adventures game is it provides additional information about creating characters who exist within the command division, which is your captains your department heads and your, uh, you like your executive officer and also the flight officers, the con officer, C-O-N-N. It, it provides additional options for those characters. And it also provides 
story fluff about that portion of the Federation and that portion of Starfleet that's command oriented, not science or, or engineering or tactical. And it also provides a lot of story ideas for GMs. So it's the kind of supplement that is, there's utility in it for players out of interest in this portion of Starfleet and for their characters and also for the GM for that that story fluff, but also for coming up with campaign ideas. Good overview. All right, so pretty much anytime I get one of these books or if I'm playing, if I was playing Star Wars, I find it very similar. The first thing that I always look at is what are the new species or races in D&D parlance? So does this, does this have new, new character races that I get to play as? It does not. I thought it did, but I... I know. Okay, what actually this now this is interesting because what what they do in these division books, at least in this one, there are no new species. There are character options, there are more talents, and there's more information about creating characters who are either command characters or con characters, both of which fall into command division. And those obviously are applicable to any kind of character that's gonna do that's gonna be there. The new species are found in the quadrant books. So Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and Delta Quadrants, that's where you find new species, not in these division books. So what good stuff can I find? Is it, if, I'm a, if I'm a player, I want to make some cool new character with some cool new stuff from this book, what, what stuff am I going to get in this book? In general, there are two things. Um, and remember that command is split into just command and then con. So like the flight yeah. operations, the flight controller on a ship, and then just the commanders. Those are the two that fall under this heading. And for both of them they get for characters made in each of in those two uh those two areas there are a number of different new talents it's not comparable in quantity to the old 3.5 splat books like the complete warrior or the complete adventure we open it up and it's kind of exciting because there are like 30 or 40 new feats um there are there are 10 new talents which really isn't that many. And there's, I think there's about that many for con characters. One of the neat things though about this is that there is a, there's discussion, not in, in game or in universe, it's meta discussion about the character creation process for a command officer or for a con officer, just giving some ideas because Star Trek Adventures uses like the other Modifia systems, a life path character creation flow, if you want to call it that there are suggestions and there's commentary for each of the steps of the life path so that if you want to mechanically optimize or enhance your character it'll it's essentially saying hey listen at these points you might want to choose this kind of background or this sort of home world because this will help you become a better command officer or con officer mechanically but then it also has story ideas weaved into it no new races, but we have new talents and new focuses. So the other big question would be, are there new ships? Okay. In the command division, there are, which makes sense. There are about 20 pages of new ships, and it's separated into Federation starships and Federation small craft. Something I really like that Modifius has done in all of the Star Trek Adventures products is that none of them are really immutably tied to one era. And so this book has starships from the Enterprise era all the way up through the Voyager era and small craft as well. There are some ships that you'd recognize from the show, um, you would recognize from the movies, 
like I said, all from from different eras. So they flesh out the selection of uh, of Starfleet ships. Now, obviously, this is about the command division, so there are no there are no additional Klingon or Romulan or Cardassian ships. Those are in the quadrant books. Yeah, I have to say, flicking through it, they've got a really good selection of ships here. So, like you said, they've got ships going back to yep, like really old school. So we've got this Daedalus class 2140. So that's actually it's ship. it's handy. I have for the uh, campaign that I'm one. about to start running in this, I have chosen the New Orleans class frigate, which is out of this book. I wanted something that was right there in that next generation Deep Space Nine era, but not so obvious, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna give you a an intrepid class or a, a galaxy class or or something like that. Well, I mean, speaking of the big boys, this this book actually has the yes. rules for the sovereign class, which was what the the like the film version of the next generation ship became after they uh, yep. crashed it and then I think destroyed another one. So that's pretty handy. Uh, and actually, yeah, like you said, when I when I ran my game, and this is a couple of years ago now, we put we the ship we picked was out of mm. this. We used the steamrunner class because it just looks it looks different. Um, and one of the cool things I like about the Star Trek is that like there's, there's enough here. There was enough here to play with this ship, but when we wanted more, we wanted maps, and we just went on the internet and just found like yep. ship decks that you know were in books and all sorts. were just there on the internet. So like I've got the stack things I need here and a little brief rundown, and then I could go and find loads of other cool things for from the internet. Um, so it was it was nice. Oh, yeah, there was some, there's some cool little. Well, the nice thing too is that you you can take these ships. And then you can use the refit system that's in the core book that if you took an older ship or if you want, let's say you wanted to run your campaign in like the 2380s and you, you have a ship that's that was originally produced in the 2360s. If you're not familiar with the refit system, for every 10 years of a ship's life since its, since its class's birth, you have what's called a refit. And so you add stats and you add you can add to the ship because it represents the ship being maintained and upgraded over time. So this meshes very well with what's in the core book. And then, like you said, just gives you more uh, more options and selections for Federation ships. All right, so we can see there's, there's like stuff here for sort of players and the group as a whole. There's quite a few, in like a lot of 2D training, and there's quite a few subsystems. Does this, does this add any new kind of subsystemy things in? Yeah, the main ones, I'd say the biggest one that seems to stand out on its own is a fleet actions um, system that uses the it, it, the same resolution mechanic uh it, and actually you know as, as any two die 20 system and takes into account the types of numbers that you have associated with starships but it is meant to provide a I, it's funny because it would actually fit with dune very well because it's very narrative and they they, they present it as being very narrative but if you want to run fleet level actions like combat between multiple groups of ships not just one ship at a time against one another there's a there's a system for that there's also a some expansion of the uh, social conflict rules which use the extended task system and what they've done there is that they haven't so much added another system they've just provided more commentary and examples i know you and i like examples yep. uh, they've provided more of that so that you take an existing process the extended task system for example and this just gives you more information about you know if if you're having for example one of the red plot lines or storylines is jag judge advocate general so i mean the, every star trek series has had the 
you know, the kangaroo court or the the officer who's put on trial and there's you know a big moral or ethical dilemma attendant to the the, the question in the trial. And uh, you know, how do you how do you model like courtroom drama and and the the argument back and forth between lawyers, uh, the extended task system as related to social conflict. There's more explanation in this book that you could use to to inform how you might use that system to do that. So there's quite a, so there's, there's there are a few there's, yeah we've got our fleet engagements so this extra little rule thing which they haven't done a you know it is it's short and snappy yeah and then we've got extra stuff for players is there extra stuff in here that for like GM not in terms of story stuff we'll get to that in terms of I know are there are there NPCs or tables or advice or anything that the GM is going to go okay I can refer to this when I want to do. There's a collection of command-related characters, generic NPCs and named NPCs from the shows that uh, that are in the back. Like, for example, there's a JAG officer. There's an academy instructor. Uh, there's a. Those are just generic. You know, there's a diplomat, a diplomatic attaché. But then they also have stats for Ambassador Luxana Troy. They have stats for Ambassador Sarek, uh, Curzon Dax. The, uh, the Dax that held, or the person who had the Dax symbiont before Jadzia, before um, Esri on Deep Space Nine. So they have some notable characters within the command, you know, call it story framework, you know, diplomats and things like that. And then they have a bunch of generic NPCs that would fit well within those kinds of stories. So that's useful. The other thing that I really, really like about these division books, and, and, and it, it was, you know, first in this, is there's a whole section on running campaigns in or related to command characters. It says using the command division. And it's this section, I, I think this is absolutely brilliant what Modifius has done. They differentiate general plot types or story types into red, blue, or gold. Yeah. And and those represent, you know, is, is this more of a command focus, a scientific medical focus, or like an operational or, or a, a engineering type focus? And they work through, for the GM, they work through ideas. They provide, uh, what is it, seven different generic plot components, conspiracy, diplomacy, first contact, political, show the flag, spiritual, and Starfleet JAG. Those are red plot components. And then they go through and they provide some information about how could you run, like how could how could you spotlight command characters or command type stories within a conspiracy story? And then they go through and they talk about how you could do that in a uh, uh, from a scientific or medical standpoint, from an engineering or operational standpoint. And I really like. I mean, let me back up. I think one of the hardest things in in an RPG is ensuring that every character, every player through their character has a, a, a chance to be effectual within the party and have, have a piece of the spotlight. They all get to stand up and, you know, and it's really great that Modifius has gone and provided actionable ideas about how within, like, let's say within a story that's more like, uh, uh, you know, that the, the real meat of the story is a conspiracy. How, how might your command or flight operations officers, how might they fit in, in that? How might your science officer or your tactical officer, or your engineer fit into that? They provide all these ideas. This obviously is focusing mostly on command, but um, 
But I think that clean differentiation into those three different colors serves as a great reminder to GMs to say like, okay, how have I, has my tactical officer had anything interesting to do lately? You know, has my flight controller had anything interesting to do lately? This has a lot of, uh, of advice and commentary about that. Yeah, I really like that, that this section seems really good for, like if I wasn't using a pre-written adventure, which I'd probably be doing, um, being able to like come up with a bunch of different ideas. I also like they've put in, they've given some sort of shout outs to sort of episodes. It says episodes focused on command challenges and episodes focused on on con challenges. So yeah, I think that's that's really that's really good. You're thinking like, well, I'm not sure what an F, this kind of episode would look like. And then you could go and watch that episode and go, oh, right, yeah, okay, I see what they're getting. Now that's the difference between a, like a command episode or a comma. So that's a, that's a really nice, that's a really nice touch. Well, the nice thing, without getting into the other books, the sciences division and the operations divisions books, the format is mostly the same. So there is a whole section on running you know, running sciences division campaigns or or sciences divisions focused stories. And it gives this same red, blue, gold treatment with those seven generic plot types. And it's it's just interesting. Like I said, I keep seeing a reminder in these as a GM to make sure that, you know, if I'm going to run something that has like an intelligence spy sort of angle, I have to make sure that the doctor is involved somehow. Other Because if I if I have a medical officer as a player, otherwise I'm going to have a, a thumb twiddler at the table and that's not cool. So I really like how they've they've differentiated these and separated these into into pieces. And I love that that example, those examples with the, the series, because you could just go watch them and you, you should you know, you should be able to get an idea as to what that's supposed to look like that was that was really slick on their part so we've covered so there's definitely there's 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 extra crunch in here there's there's new rules and gizmos and gadgets to play with and we've got extra stuff for the gm so a lot of stuff that's really going to help a gm flash flesh out uh, how they can run things and like npcs and supporting characters which actually that could be used for players as well um does it add much in the way of story stuff plenty actually the first my goodness. What does that say? I can't read that on your screen. The prime that directive. Prime directive. Oh, that, that thing that everybody breaks. Actually, the, no, the, only certain people. Only certain. Well, if you're Captain Kirk, you get to do what you want. As long as you, you fell your enemies with a double fisted punch, you're okay. I mean, I was never convinced the prime directive had existed no. in original series times because until Picard started like complaining about it, but Picard seemed to be, Picard would tend to stick to it. Um, obviously, when I refer to the Prime Directive and people who break it, I'm having a dig at one particular person who broke it massively and then spent seven years sticking to who it. Who was? Uh, wait, let me let me let me guess. This this person's name will not be mentioned, but whose initials are Captain Catherine Janeway? <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah. Oops. I, oh dear, I've broken the Prime Directive so badly that I should be court-martialed. I will now spend the next seven years preaching the Prime Directive to the rest of my crew. Only when it aligned with her personal affinities. Yeah. Well, also who a lot of who are not Star Trek, and so shouldn't have to be sticking to her prime directive that she cares so much about that she ignored it and stranded a whole bunch of people in another thing. But you know, some people. I've managed to get two digs at her in one episode. Excellent. That that was good. That was good. Maybe I'll come back to uh, Captain Catherine Jane right here in a moment. But about a quarter of the book is fluff alone it's just story it's background things about like what's the command division within starfleet 
there's a section, there are several pages about Starfleet Academy as to how it's organized. And, and I mean, in this section, there's, there almost nothing, there's almost nothing when it comes to stats. It's just information about Starfleet Command, Fleet Operations, uh, Starfleet Academy, like I said, uh, senior staff, the judiciary. That's all just story stuff, which I think that that would be really useful for a GM to pluck ideas out of. But it would also be interesting, given how much narrative control and influence players have in this system. And I think there's an expectation in Star Trek that, you know, as officers, you're going to be contributing ideas at the table or you're playing officers. And so I think that this is this is information that's relevant and interesting for both GM and player. Because if you say you want to, oh, I, I want to play an, an officer who's like, with, I was an academy instructor. Okay, well, there's several pages on the academy. Maybe you use some of it, maybe you don't. But there's some interesting fluff to incorporate into your character and your your gameplay. Yeah, I think there's really good stuff. It's like you, you mentioned earlier, the stuff here on the judiciary, which I wouldn't know how it worked until reading it. There's <laughs> there's a good four pages on on the prime directive in terms of what, what it is, what's the main bits, how to interpret, and and stuff about the exceptions to the prime directive, which is signed Janeway at the bottom. Um, and which, then, it, which is the exception to the prime directive is anytime Captain Catherine Janeway says that it's the it, it's in accordance with the prime directive, it is. Um, Whether like, it seems to be or not. There's all these cool little like box outs or like letters from people to other people. I was a bit thrown for a second when I saw a letter from an analyst and it said to Gull Doral. And I was like, why is a Starfleet officer writing to the Kardashian? And then realized it said intercepted obsidian order communicating. Actually, the person that was writing it was also a uh, Kardashian. So I was like, oh, that's all right. Yeah, there's lots of nice little sort of like, like letter things. So things that you could you know, give the players as ideas for stuff. Um, yeah. An officer's day, three watch rotate. So yeah, as well, there, there is a lot of really cool little story things in here. So there's useful stuff that you read, and there's sort of fun little things to get extra, extra little ideas and and so on as well. And and with those, I mean, all the all the Star Trek adventures books have those 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 margin comments, those boxes that represent letters and diaries and logs and things like that. And I have found that. I remember when we talked not long ago about like games we really liked, and I we I talked about how Cyberpunk 2020 did such a brilliant job of conveying the feel and the mood of the world through information that was in the book that was presented as like artifacts from the world, and uh, Star Trek does a really nice job of that too. I think that if you had again player or GM, this is just going to help get you in like the mood and the mindset. Uh, so that covers most of it. So let's let's kind of do some. Sorry, what 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 thing in this book do you like the most? What's the thing in this book you go? That's the, the either the thing you turn to this book the most for, or just the thing you just stand out the most for you. Yeah. Chapter five, using the command division, where it has information about command department storylines and con department storylines. The expanded social conflict rules. There's a couple pages on star bases. Just some information uh, when it comes to stats. Because a starbase statistic, you know, in terms of its its own statistics, going to be a lot different than a, a starship. And then there's a little bit about awards and commendations, like they've listed some of the awards and and how you might get them. That for me, as a as a gonna be GM of this system, really soon, anything that gets my mind turning for ideas, 
Um, whether it's going to meet, whether that means I'm going to create an adventure myself or more like you, I'm going to take something that exists and tweak it, modify it. And I've always found that the challenge is like, you know, I have, these are the voyages and I have, uh, what is it? Strange new worlds, the two adventure compendiums that they've put out. And so I'm pulling some of those adventures and I'm going to use some of them. But then the question is, how do you knit them together? And how do you transition from one to the next in a way that makes sense? And so looking at these different ideas about how to use the command division, how to use those officers um, by blending them into the plot, I think is going to be really useful. That's the piece that I, I found most useful in it. I know I will, I mean, I'm already going to be using the starship section. That's yeah. But for reading and, and, and me coming away from it going, wow, that's, I'm really glad that I got this book and I've read this because this is, I feel like this has actually expanded and enhanced my ability to run this game. Well, that section is, is uh, definitely it. Uh, well, then I'll ask the, ask the opposite, which I'll answer this one as well myself. Um, is, is there anything about this book that you, that you don't like or dislike is probably a better, you know, I wish that there, they had pictures of all the starships. I mean, they've got a couple of ships in here that I don't know what they look like, or I had to go looking to see. And then you find on on the interwebs, you find like three different images of the same ship claiming to be the same ship. You're like, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Now, I happen to know that all of this is made up. So I could say that the ship looks like a freaking spoon if I want to. Yeah, but I'm not that's going not, to. Yeah, that's I'm not, not going goes, to. I, but yeah, I, there were there were some ships that were not pictured that I I wish they had uh, included images. Well, of. I think they put a really nice like picture at the back of the book with all of the all of the ships on. But then of course, because none of them are labelled, no, and actually not. those aren't ships that are necessarily from this book. So yeah, that is. I, I remember being a bit annoyed when we were trying to pick a ship, and it was a bit awkward. Like we'd gone through and we'd seen this picture that was quite cool. Um, actually, aside from the small craft. The sovereign class. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at back here right now. The sovereign class is pictured, and it's in this book. I think some of the small craft that they have pictured are in this book. The NX class is in this book. The rest of the stuff. Oh, and the the uh, Enterprise refit from the movies. I think I think they have most, but not all. So then there's awkward ones like they definitely have a picture of the sovereign, and over the page says lunar class. So there's no picture of that. Yeah. And then so like we'd seen this picture of one, and it was the steam runner, and we. That was the thing, which we didn't know it was the steam runner. So trying to find, like on, on the page where it has the steam runner class and the Norway class, it has a picture. And we didn't know that was the steam runner without going and typing them both into the internet and going, oh, right. And then like was over the page. Over the page, there's a picture of a ship. And off the top of my head now, I can't remember if it's the Sabre class, which is on the same page of the Sabre class. Or but it's not pictured. It's the Norway because that's the stats of the Norway on that page. Um, so there's definitely some ships are missing. Yeah, that's that's kind of irritating. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand that. That's that seems to me to be kind of a, a boneheaded uh, editorial check. You go, all right, here's this here's this ship that's not one of the A-listers. It's not one of the you know the named ships that sat at the center of one of these series or movies. Uh, we should we should have a picture of it. Yeah, I mean, even if it was just like you know one page with all of the ships stuck next yep. to each other on you know the the sort of the deck plan type things that would be cool. Um, I mean, my main criticism of this book is the exact same criticism I have of the core book, which is as much as the the white text on black background looks nice, particularly a book form, the minute you're trying to read it on, say, like a tablet or something, it's, it's very difficult. It's impossible because it's just the text just ends up being too small. It's like on a full, like, you know, basically full size page, 
the text is fine. But actually, I like the orange text. The little, the white text isn't too bad. The the orange text for some example things on the black background is just like, uh, <laughs> why have they done? That? Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, you know, it, it, they they did the Klingon core book in white. They did all those pages white. And the, the funny thing that I find about that is I open up that book and the pictures are great and the font's great, but there's something about it that doesn't feel as like clean and slick and Star trek and because it's just white pages, but it is so much easier to read. <laughs> so I'm, I'm willing to put aside that minor, uh, call it like a design snag on my part because immediately the functionality comes forth. Yeah, I, I love the way these books look. But yeah, I, I would I would much prefer a uh, a print friendly. Not that I'm ever going to print these things because I own the physical copies, but I would much prefer a, a reading a forty something year old eyes friendly version that I can that I can read, and then pictures of those starships that I could look yeah. at. I mean, the good thing is the internet has so much stuff on it. Was I sure. found it pretty easy to find? I said not only did I find pictures of the ship, I found deck plans and all sorts. Yep, um, which was really useful. Um, so I think the last thing to say, so having gone through this book, I don't, I can't imagine us at any time soon reviewing the other two books because it seems like they would have similar stuff. I'm guessing they all yeah. have, they all have the focus and the talents and the, 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 the GM help for those different things. Um, I know the, uh, I know that I can't remember the yellow one is now. The operations, oh, operations yeah i know the operations book has the whole like red alert system in but that's not really for doing role playing that's like a miniatures thing so yeah if not you're not familiar with that modifi has released the red alert skirmish minis skirmish system which is a, a uh they released that as a free pdf a while back and then they they added it as a section at the end of the operations book which i guess makes sense because operations is you know, security. So that's tactical. The one thing I did want to ask then is there's three. I mean, realistically, why would you only buy one? Um, but, and uh, I'm going to throw it out there because I've had this, I said this earlier and you didn't know if you actually have all three and put all three books next to each other, they form a little picture. They do. I did not know that. So uh, if you put, what is it? It's operations on the left, command in the middle, and sciences on the right. You yes. just butt the yep. covers from left to right up against one another. You have a picture, an action picture of Starfleet disaster. Yeah. It, and a whole bunch of escape pods and officers pointing. Yeah, it's, it's, and like a yellow, pointing. It's, it's a yellow shirt that's dead in this because this is like next gen era. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, Although we probably won't go and look at the other ones, we can have a rough idea no. that they're going to be easy. But if you could only pick one of these three, which would you pick? Okay, well, let me do this. Let me go back and just answer the, the or answer the idea of, like, would, do we need to talk about all three on this show? The answer, I think, is no, because they're formatted in the exact same way. There's a big section about the division and the subdivisions within it that's just story fluff that's useful for both sides of the screen. There is a section on additional character options and commentary and ideas about character creation and running your character. That's the same. There's a section on how to run the division and those three different plot area colors uh, as, a, as a, a framework. And then there are additional, there's additional like equipment, uh, starships, there's in the sciences division, they expand and they talk more about using the scientific method extended task system. And then, like we said, in the operations book, the last like 15 or 20 pages of it are the quote unquote red alert 
Minnie's skirmish system, which I'm kind of torn on because it makes sense to fit in that book. But Modiphius released that as a free PDF. And then they just go, uh, let's just flesh out the last 20 pages or so of this book with something we gave away to you for free. So I thought that was kind of kind of cheese. But so to then finally to the, your your question, I would get the command division. I would get the command division if I only was going to buy one of these, which too late, I have all three. If I were only going to buy one of them, I would buy the command division because of the starships. I know that I'm going to, and I have been getting good ideas out of the how to run this division in the other two books, but uh, because it gives a treatment of each of the three different divisions and says, this is how command would fit in a blue story or a gold story. It, there's a lot of overlap between them. It's not reprinted overlap. It's not the same information, but I think conceptually it, 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 it inspires my mind to, to like creatively to go in similar directions. So the, the fact that this has starships and it is also has that extended social conflict and the fleet operation systems, to me, having those two extra pieces uh, that I, I find this one, I mean, just by a shred, by a margin to be, um, I think, more useful than the other two, but barely. I've just flicked through the other two. I can't believe there's no ships in them. <laughs> you know, I really expected there to be there to be ships in uh, in both of them, but you know they they do have additional things to use in the game, so you know I can I can live with that. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I mean, particularly the, the operations book does annoy me that, like you said, the last twenty or fifteen pages of the book or whatever it is are filled up with rules they released as a PDF for free. So it's like, well, yeah, that's page count that they've just they're just filling in um sciences one has got some cool stuff in it but yeah i think they, like definitely the command one has also the command one has a lot of the um like the how starfleet runs the fact that it's got yep. prime directive and the jag stuff uh, and the fleet academy that's useful stuff you could use in any game whereas the other ones are a bit more a bit more niche so i think yeah that's that looks like the main the main one yeah yeah, there's something, I mean, in, in any Star Trek episode or movie, medical, science, or engineering, tactical, they're always there. And sometimes they are the primary plot element. They're, they're the A-list plot, but you'll, you're never going to have an episode where the actions of the captain, the executive officer, and that kind of leader side of things isn't at least a, a prominent factor. So, yeah, I see this one as being, as being the most useful um, but like I said, not by, not by a wide margin. And you know what? I can't now, now that you told me about the picture that the three of them make, which I'm going to have to make here, recreate in a few moments. Now I obviously, I have to own all three books because That's a good job I, can already put them, I can put them next to each other and like glory in the, uh, the artwork. Yeah. And I actually, I, I got all these three together. I think it was my birthday a couple of years ago. I, I put it on my list, but it was one of those things. So usually, when I asked for it, I was like, "Really want the books?" And by the time they arrived, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in something else." <laughs> and that's why, like you said, I should plan for role play session in September. Anything I start planning now, two months out, I will not want to play when I get to September. <laughs> that's See, I, I get myself, there. I get myself uh, like worked up with focus. You know, I, I, I sit and I plan, and, and actually, I've been really happy. Well, obviously, I've been really very happy that I have a group that wants to play Star Trek. And so I've pulled out, I have a heap of um, physical copies of the old FASA adventures and I have the rest of them on PDF. 
And, uh, and then I have all this modifious stuff. In fact, like the only modifious things I don't have are the tiles. No, I haven't got any tiles. Uh, and I don't, I don't have any desire to get them. Oh, I don't have any um, minis either. So yeah, it'd be a bit pointless. Yeah. Oh, I have, I have, I have minis, but, um, I only have the original series, uh, uh, landing party, away team, whatever. So we're playing next gen. So poo. And I can't find the next gen away team for less than like almost $60 for a box of minis. And that's, um, that's, I'll use like beer bottle caps before I, you know, before I spend that much on a box of minis. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times I've been playing rock with one thing I used to, I found useful is I had the, a lot of the, it's not for this, but for like D and D stuff is the, the pathfinder pawns where, you know, yeah, like the cardboard ones are great. of things that you could use. Yep. And I'll use that occasionally, but even then the time it takes to, unless you'd get them all ahead of time, which you could do in D&D, yeah. the time it takes to like, oh, I'll, I know what box it's in, but flick, 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 I found it. Um, the amount of times I end up just using dice, just like I'll have a mat and we'll just draw on it. And this dice is this guy and this dice is this guy. And I've got lots of dice. So just for p- pure positioning, but I mean, Star Trek isn't really something where the positioning is, you know, because we use zones and stuff. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it tends to be more, here's a map. And you know where you are, and I, we don't need any models because. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a, a thirty-two inch flat screen TV on the wall it, where where we game, and I see using that for maps and images a lot more than than using minis for this. Um, so no tiles, but otherwise I have all the other stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, putting this stuff to use, and um, and actually, like I said earlier one of my biggest challenges has always been like, I'll come up with an idea, a big picture idea, and then I'll come up with a few of the component parts, like the chapters in the book, but it's fleshing out all the chapters and the connective tissue between the chapters so that the story progresses in a, in a believable, plausible way, but isn't a railroad. That's where I have a lot of trouble. So I've picked a couple of adventures that I want to run. I have an idea as to the sequence, but this book actually over the last week has given me some great ideas about how to not only spotlight individual characters. I have an XO, I have an engineer, and I have two other players who are trying to figure out what they want to play. And we're going to make use of supporting characters a bunch. Um, but like I said, this book is giving me a lot of ideas about how to knit the whole thing together so we can transition from story to story. Because what I don't want to do when I run this is, I mean, Star Trek is at its core, it's episodic. But what I don't want to do is have it have the campaign be so episodic that it feels disjointed. It just feels like monster of the week or something like that. I want to have some, I want to have some elements that weave things together and kind of like meta plot things that shoot through all of it. Um, and I'm not going to reveal any of that here because I know at least one of my players is listening to this. Well, by the time they listen to this, they may well be way through it. So you're probably okay. Yeah. I guess you want to be more deep space now rather than next generation or uh... They're going to have a ship. They're going to be moving around. They're going to be going to different places. However, I do want that. If you mean by Deep Space Nine, I mean by the method. that there is more of a persistent storyline or set of storylines or issues that, that, yeah, that's what I want to do. Well, I should say later Deep Space Nine because the first sort of uh, what, couple of series of Deep Space Nine was still just, there'll be a yeah, monster of the week. Right. But later on, what's going to pop out of the Delta? What's, what's coming out of the Gamma Quadrant this week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, the later series, I think that's why they're so good because they did build on each other. That's that's why that was yep. some of the best stuff they've done. 
Um, yeah, I mean, actually talking to you about this and flicking through, it makes me really want to play Star Trek. But I know if I go to my players and say, do you want to play Star Trek? There's nothing kind of, there's no other Star Trek stuff at the moment. So I think, no, I'll, I'll hold off because I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's the end of this year, there'll be the second series of Picard. And then that'll be our driving force to play Star Trek, which would have been the driving force to play Star Trek after Picard series one. But then COVID happened. Stupid COVID. Yeah. And at that point we were like, oh, I don't think we can play uh, 2D20 easily. You know what you, you could do? Well, here, here's, my, here's my dirty trick for you. Uh, what you could do is run anything you want. Anything you want, and then have one of the NPCs like once the once a major combat or once a chapter comes to a close, just say computer arch, and just have okay. You come out of the holodeck, and they're like, "Wait, what?" You're like, "Yeah, you're you're the chief medical officer on the USS blah 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 blah,", blah, blah. and then you force them to be in Star Trek because they don't have a choice because they were just on the freaking holodeck. That's what you do. I have done something to that very very similar once where <laughs> I can't remember what happened but they yeah they they play played a session of something and then in the next session I was like I got this really good idea. I was like right so actually you you wake up and you're in a you're you're like your characters are like in a computer game thing. Uh, and I kind of took the idea of it as like the infinity thing where um, you, you can be brought back from the dead in infinity, but there's like, uh, there's not enough, I, I, whether there's not enough bodies or the comp, the technology is too expensive. I can't remember what the reasoning is, but only a handful of people can be put back into a new body. And so there was a thing of like having a, like a lottery, like, so you'll have like, you know, I don't know, a hundred thousand like people that their brains are uploaded. They're sitting on a server somewhere, but there isn't a body for them. And so I had this waiting. idea of right. So you're in that situation, but you're playing in like like a like a tournament, and you're a team. And if your team wins, you get bodies. And if you don't win, then the others. And so I was like, right, we're gonna have all these teams. And so every role playing session will be in a in a different world, doing a different thing. But it was what I was thinking. It sounded like a great. Were game. you playing Torg because they oh, already provide all those options? <laughs> no, we were playing. We I think. Uh, <laughs> It may have been Savage Worlds, but wow, that's really cool. I like I mean, the idea, could... but the reality of it was then it's one of those things that when you then when you apply that to an adventure, your adventure pretty much is going to break down to a very simple, like a very simple mission thing that you're yeah. going to, you know, kill target X or you're going to yeah. uh recover objective Y, which means that then you don't have there's no role playing. It's it becomes a very straightforward, uh, like mission based thing. So yeah, it's like a couple interesting. of interesting. A couple of times we've we've toyed with the idea of um, of doing Ready Player One because I, I really enjoyed the film and the book wasn't so good. And every time we do that, we get stuck in this kind of thing, right? So you're in a world where you can go anywhere and do anything and be anyone. So what do you do? And it's kind of like uh, nothing. So that, yeah, and then I struggle with yeah. that if there's not kind of a. Yeah, start, one thing I super love about Star Trek is it's very easy to go, either you're flying through space, something happens, or your or Starfleet says do this, and so you're never short of ideas. It's like you know in D and D, if I'm really struggling, it's you know you meet someone in a tavern, or right. you know you Cobalt's ate my baby. Yeah, yeah, you meet someone on the road, or there's a dungeon nearby. I was actually... Yeah, I would, I would, and and again, I I'll just I'll close with this. I think that you know you some books are clearly better for GMs versus players. And, and I think far fewer really sit right in the middle and, and do it well. And I think this 
And I think the other two division books actually do it very well because there's just enough background information. There are enough, there's enough fluff. There's enough crunch in, in it that, uh, that both, both sides of the screen, you'll find utility yeah. in it. I got, I got to look at it. I thought, yeah, the other two books are going to be the same. We don't need to review the other Dunn two. Dunn went and reviewed it and decided to review the other two at the same time. That's called efficiency. Oh, well, cool. That sounds really good. That's uh, we, We've gone for our typically allotted time, and I heard something about you making dinner or something like that. Did I hear that? I mean, it's stuff that's just going in the oven, so it's like, I can't, can't get it wrong. No. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and meet next week and we'll talk about the quadrant books and uh, you go put your, um, your food in the oven. Super exciting. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F. N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.